Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. So glad you could be with us for this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Earlier in this week, we were looking at a conference message that was given by a 70 by the name of Paul V. Johnson that was titled, Be Perfected in Him. Today, we want to tie it in with a conference message during that same general conference that was given by President Russell M. Nelson, the 17th president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This message was given on Sunday, October 2nd, 2022. His message was, Overcome the World and Find Rest. The reason why we're tying these two together is because it's very clear when you read the transcripts of these two talks that both men are trying to alleviate some apparent anxiety that members must be having when it comes to where they are in light of eternity. And of course, as we brought out regarding Mr. Johnson's talk, we think he's inconsistent in the analogy or the story that he brings up and the conclusion that he makes. But Nelson makes some interesting comments as well that are worthy of note. In his talk, he cites Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. It says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As he goes on, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, I grieve for those who leave the church because they feel membership requires too much of them. They have not yet discovered that making and keeping covenants actually makes life easier. Bill, we have talked to many Latter-day Saints, and they would not say what he has just said. Making and keeping covenants actually makes life easier? No, they say it makes it so difficult. Who is the one who determines what the covenants are you're supposed to make? Well, it's the LDS Church. They add onto what God has given in his word and make all these requirements like the Pharisees did back in Jesus' day. They were telling people to do what was really impossible, and they did their best. They were a very righteous group, but they were not able to do everything. And I think Latter-day Saints understand as well, they can't do it, and it brings a lot of depression. I think you're right. I think Mr. Johnson and Mr. Nelson both are going to try to alleviate what must be a very bad problem right now with so many Latter-day Saints leaving anyway, but maybe this is one of the reasons why people are leaving. If this isn't really what the church teaches, and you shouldn't have that kind of anxiety, why do they keep bringing it up? And it seems like this has been a theme that we have seen in several general conferences over the past many years. And of course, when you read the requirements that are put upon a Latter-day Saint, I can understand why there would be anxiety. I mean, if you've got to check off all these boxes, even though they deny you have to check these boxes, which is amazing to me, because there are certain things that you must do if you hope to receive celestial exaltation. But Nelson goes on to say, each person who makes covenants in baptismal fonts and in temples and keeps them has increased access to the power of Jesus Christ, 
Please ponder that stunning truth. Notice, Bill, he doesn't say just make the covenants, but it's keeping the covenants. And when you ask Latter-day Saints what are they supposed to do, they answer regularly with us that they're supposed to keep the commandments. How many, we ask? All of them. How often? All the time. And here he says, you must keep them. So there's no grace in that, that in order to be able to get what this religion has to offer, it's keeping the commandments so that you might attain the celestial kingdom. And this is why I brought out earlier in this week the flaws that I saw in Paul Johnson's talk, because he's trying to make it sound that it's monergistic when he tells the story of his grandson who needed a bone marrow transplant. And he's trying to make it sound like there was nothing that his grandson could do to bring the outcome of his healing. And then he quotes Moroni 10.32 that tells us that there's something that must be done to get the desired outcome. So why did you use the analogy of your grandson on an operating table and then later on say it's going to take some work on your part because he could not do any work while in that sedated state? I, I find it fascinating that he says you have increased access to the power of Jesus Christ when you not only make the covenants, but you keep them. Well, for the people who are not keeping them, they must not have this increased access. How are they ever going to get the power of Jesus Christ? This is much different than what the Bible teaches. He goes on to say the reward for keeping covenants with God is heavenly power, power that strengthens us to withstand our trials, temptations, and heartaches better. This power eases our way. Those who live the higher laws of Jesus Christ have access to his higher power. Thus, covenant keepers, not just covenant makers, he says, covenant keepers are entitled to a special kind of rest that comes to them through their covenantal relationship with God. But as you brought out, Eric, when we talk to Latter-day Saints, this is what wearies them. It doesn't give them rest. And I think the reason why Jesus said to come unto him and he will give you rest is because he has done it all for us. He has completed through his works that he did during his lifetime, through his death and his resurrection. He has completed all that is needed on our behalf. This is why we can say that Jesus is enough. We recognize that our sin-tainted works are not going to accomplish the things that we need as far as that forgiveness of sins. We have to trust in what Jesus did. And this is what frustrates me when I go back to Paul Johnson's talk. He talks about holy trusting. When you know in your heart that there are things that you must do, you are not completely trusting in what Christ has done. You are also placing at least some trust in what you have accomplished. It's a synergistic operation that's being done in the Latter-day Saints' life. In his next paragraph, he's going to bring up John chapter 16, verse 33. This is what he says, Before the Savior submitted himself to the agony of Gethsemane in Calvary, he declared to his apostles, in the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Subsequently, Jesus entreated each of us to do the same when he said, I will that ye should overcome the world. Now, that first portion was from John 16, and that's how the chapter ends. 
But then he goes on with that second part. That's from Doctrine and Covenants, section 64, verse 2. That's not found in the gospel accounts. And, and I think that's important to bring out, because when Jesus says that in John, I have overcome the world. I take that to mean that by my faith in what Christ has done and what he has accomplished, I can trust that everything is okay. There's nothing that I have to add to this because I have my faith in what Jesus has already done. He has overcome the world. That's what we rest in. We rest in what Jesus has done. But when you add on that citation from Doctrine and Covenants, where Nelson says, I will that ye should overcome the world. You've put the burden on me. There's things now that I have to do, and I have to ask myself, have I met all the requirements in order to hopefully overcome if it's put on my shoulders? Uh, He continues in the talk and says, Dear brothers and sisters, my message to you today is that because Jesus Christ overcame this fallen world and because he atoned for each of us, you too— can overcome the sin-saturated, self-centered, and often exhausting world. But can I do that merely by trusting what Christ has done? Does Nelson really believe that? Is that the message that he's really trying to teach here? It doesn't sound like it because he's already played his hand. Each person who makes covenants in baptismal fonts and in temples and keeps them has increased access to the power of Jesus Christ. He's already made it known that there's something that you have to do. You have to keep all those covenants. And as you've explained very well, Eric, keeping those covenants or being on the covenant path means you're keeping all the commandments of God. If you get off the covenant path, it means you're no longer keeping the commandments that are necessary for the forgiveness of sins that you as a Latter-day Saint should be seeking. I think this message can be very misleading the way some might interpret it. I don't know if Nelson's trying to be deceiving or vague. I don't think so. But certainly, I would think a listener to this message might be confused. He continues, Because the Savior, through his infinite atonement, redeemed each of us from weakness, mistakes, and sin, and because he experienced every pain, worry, and burden you have ever had, then as you truly repent and seek his help, You can rise above this present precarious world. Well, notice what he says. Because the Savior, through his infinite atonement, redeemed each of us from weakness, mistakes, and sin. Well, that only becomes efficacious if you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing. That doesn't come automatically merely because you have a faith in what Jesus has accomplished. It's something that you have to put into practice yourself. So again, Jesus does so much, and then you as a Latter-day Saint, you do so much. Those two things combined will come to the proper end that you seek. Yeah, in that paragraph we just read, he says, then as you truly repent, as you mentioned, it's based on this cooperative state that you and Jesus have— He's going to do his part, but only after you have done yours. And I think it's important that we understand that true repentance, according to LDS theology, is not just a confession of the sin. It's not even a heartfelt contrition for the sin. It's confessing and never repeating the sin again. That's from Doctrine and Covenants, section 58, verse 43. 
Now, Nelson's going to go on, and he's going to give us a definition of what does it mean to overcome the world. He says it means overcoming the temptation to care more about the things of this world than the things of God. It means trusting the doctrine of Christ more than the philosophies of men. It means delighting in truth, denouncing deception, and becoming humble followers of Christ. It means choosing to refrain from anything that drives the Spirit away. It means being willing to give away even our favorite sins. Now, for the most part, I don't have a problem with some of the things that he's saying. The problem I'm having with what he's saying is I'm having to look at it through the lens of Mormonism. Because I think as Christians, this is describing what we should be doing as we are sanctified in our walk with Christ. Now, as they understand this, though, If you sin, the Holy Spirit's no longer a companion with you. He kind of runs away. I don't believe that the Holy Spirit of the New Testament is like that with us. I think that the Holy Spirit is always with us, even in our shortcomings. Otherwise, the Holy Spirit would be showing up, disappearing, showing up, disappearing, because we are prone to fall into sinful acts and thoughts. When he says it means being willing to give away even our favorite sins— Well, I would hope as Christians that we would want to give away our sins. We wouldn't want to indulge in those sins because we know that it offends Christ and it doesn't present a good example of Christ. But we don't look at it as we're going to lose the Holy Spirit or we're going to lose our salvation, which is exactly the fear that many Latter-day Saints have. Tomorrow, we're going to continue looking at this talk given by 17th President Russell M. Nelson, Overcome the World and Find Rest. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.